Miami has a dolphin. Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary? It's me, the guy going to the playoffs. He's hurting because his team didn't matter anyway. Mike McDaniel's cojones. What? Okay. I, I think, it. hope for your sake, that Mike McDaniel runs the ball a little more. Mm, I went back and looked at some numbers here for you, and I think you're going to appreciate this. Oh, I love numbers. Give it big. It's mind-boggling to me. That every single time that Tua has a good game, Danny, they decide to move the goalpost a little bit. Supposedly Tua can't throw. Supposedly. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I think Tua can throw. I think we got to throw that that uh, that narrative out the window. I'm trying to get excited about it, but I'm too battered to allow myself the opportunity to say, you know what, It's I feel 100% certainty that we're going to win this game. Right now. Uh, no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The Miami Dolphins are heading to the playoffs. Obviously not the way we wanted it, but you thank you so much for joining us here on the Better Fins Fans channel. This is the Better Fins Fans Podcast, episode 37, January 8th, 2024. Danny, we got the year right today. We got, hey, Mr. Wait, we got it. We got it. We got Mr. <laughs> Jason Sarney here about to spend some time with us. I don't know if you guys know this, but, you know, DolphinsTalk.com came like Thanos and started collecting rings. Collecting Jason, Stephen Daniels, Marissa Marino, your boy, the Bearded Fanatic, which will be splitting time between both channels and bringing you guys great Dolphins content. And we do have him on the show today. But before we get to Jason, let's go to my co-host, the founder of Batter Fans himself, Mr. CEO Danny. How the hell are we doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. Uh, the break is over, unfortunately. So my kids are back in school. I'm back at work. But, you know, life got to continue at some point, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, all, all in all, good. My, I'm a Jets fan, so that horrible part of my life is over for the next eight months so I can smile again. So, yeah, things are looking up for me. I'm glad Let's that go. they are looking up for you because, you, what, you started the season 1-0, and right? You started yeah. 2024 1-0. Yeah. That's something to be excited about. We started 0-1. I would give in your position right now, sir. Right. Yeah, I know you would. I know you would. I'm just being facetious at this point. Mm -hmm. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on, on short notice because there is plenty to talk about when it comes to this Miami Dolphins team. And uh, you and I are as vested as they come into this Miami Dolphins fan base, into this team. And there's going to be a lot of – there's going to be a <laughs> – there's going to be a lot of uh, – Things to talk about today, but before we get to that, sir, how have you been? How has been the new year? And overall, man, what where's your headspace at right now? Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me, guys. Danny, man, it's always a pleasure talking fins with you, even if it's a little sprinkle of jets, Danny. But being from New York, I'll take it. I'll deal with it. Uh, appreciate you asking. The new year has been so far so good. I uh, hope you guys have started off your new year happy and healthy. Unfortunately, from a dolphin standpoint, we are the battered fans going with mm. a battered team into mm. the playoffs. But we are in the playoffs. So mm -hmm. we'll mm -hmm. look at the silver lining. And we'll, silver we'll lining to the brighter side. And, uh, it's not going to be easy going our ahead. But you know what? We got a playoff game to prepare for. And we got a whole week to we, do it. We do. So obviously, Danny, you and I could not do a post-game reaction. I got home about 2 in the morning yesterday. Dang. from that game yeah yeah but well, there was some food directly afterwards there was some poop talking directly afterwards you know there was it wasn't like get in the car leave right away but one thing one thing jason leading up to this and obviously i was at the game jason i'm pretty sure you're watching from home so based off what i heard from chris Co collinsworth what people were telling me apparently it was a sold out game for the buffalo bills yesterday as a person who was there 
Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to hear. Huh? The person who was there, it was not a Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia takeover. I will tell you this. Danny, you've been in my seats before. Mm-hmm. The, away, the away team side. Mm-hmm. Sea of red. Sea of red and blue. Nothing but red and blue up and down that mother-loving aisle. So let's say that we take into account the whole visitor section from top to bottom. I'm, I'm giving them the, the better the better percentage here. Let's say from row one all the way to the 300s, all the way to the top, nothing but Bills fans. If you look around to the rest of the stadium, they're sprinkled in here and there. You know, they're sprinkled in. But for the most part, that's all they took over. They took over the visitor side where they belong. But let me tell you. So we'll give it a what? 45? I'll be kind and say that's 45. But this is just me throwing out the whole visitor side. And it wasn't even that bad. But they were on the whole visitor side. But here's, here's the takeaway from that. Even though. It wasn't a takeover, as people said. It was going to be all Bills fans in this stadium because Dolphin fans sold their tickets. For the crowd that they had, Danny, and I'm sure you guys heard it through the TV, Jason, these guys were loud. I mean loud. I did not know that people from Buffalo, if that's where they traveled from, were so damn loud because on the very first series, Dolphin fans, I'm looking around. I'm always looking around because I want to make sure no Dolphins being an idiot making noise on offense, all that noise and ruckus was coming from the Buffalo Bills fans, and it was loud in that stadium. So to answer your question, no, it was not 50% Bills. I'll, I'll say 40 to 45, which is, you know, kind of. That's, a, that's a lot, though. Right. I, I, they definitely I thought it was going to be like a MetLife takeover because MetLife takeover is a big deal. But, like, right. MetLife takeover, in all honesty, is ten to 15,000 people, which is a lot less than 50%. I'll tell saying? you. Oh, I'm getting almost 50. That's a lot. Yeah. They, well, they, let's, they, let's put it into perspective number right, wise. Right. There were right. 66,292 tickets sold for this mm-hmm. game. Yep. Now, if we're talking 50%, are we really thinking the 32,000, 33,000? It's almost impossible. I can't. I would I can't say, I would say, I would say roughly 15,000. If I had to put a number on it, I would say maybe 15,000 Bills fans were there. Okay, so that puts it at almost that 20%, give or take. To, to right, that's 20%. the number. That's a, yeah. the, You know what? That's a and that's good a good, that's a good road game. Correct. For, for franchises like the Bills, the Steelers, uh, the, the Packers. The Packers. Yeah, yeah. These, are, these are bases that travel. Let me, let me tell you something from a guy who lived in Buffalo as a student at the University of Buffalo for four years. Yeah. I went to two games, two Dolphins-Bills games, ended up being one and one. Facts. Credit to Bills fans. They know how to cheer in terms of their team. When I say that, they know when to get loud. They know when to get quiet. They know who – their beacon fans are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know how yeah. the jet has the, they know the what they're jet. doing as a group. That's why they're called the Bills Mafia. Uh, they're organized fans. They really know exactly what they're doing for better. I hate them. I respect them <laughs> as an entity, yeah. but I hate them. Full disclosure. <laughs> I've seen it. what they've done live to Dolphin fans I've taken my relish and ketchup and mustard jersey off yeah. from my 1999. Yeah. I thought I was going to see a Marino. I got a Damon Heward game. They ended up Ooh. whooping us 26. Ooh. Oh, yeah. This is pre-internet. Not pre-internet. I'm not that old. But this is pre-mess, <laughs> you know, like, 
had the internet. I had Ethernet, nineteen ninety nine. Don't worry. But you had dial up. You had dial up. You had dial up. My parents had dial up, but my freshman year there at the University go. of Buffalo, the dorms had like Ethernet. Everybody was like, oh my right. God, it's the fastest thing ever. But anyway, right. my point is, I didn't know that Marino was going to be a scratch. No one knew. It was a game time decision, but game time decision for people driving to the game that year, that time period, you weren't looking on a smartphone. There was no smartphone to see what was right. going on. So I'm sitting, I'm waiting, I'm in like the corner end zone just all the way down watching the players come out and all of a sudden Danny comes out in the starter jacket I'm like no right I'm like that was it but anyway they killed us they killed the Bill uh Dolphin they just were yeah. not fun but anyway but even that port that point sorry Danny what I will tell you is that when they were on offense our fan base was just as loud as they were now granted we had the majority of people. You should at least oh, yeah. expect us hope, to be right? as hope. loud. Yeah. But let me tell you, it was deafening in there at times whenever, whenever, when either offense was on the field. It was deafening in there. So outside of that, it was not a takeover. That's as much time as we're going to spend on that because we definitely want to talk about the game itself in a nutshell. Let's, talk, let's start with the positive. Coming into this game, Jason, it was Josh Allen's going to trample us, mm-hmm. Dawson Knox. Kincaid are going to destroy us and Mr. Stefan Diggs is going to have the game of his life because it's been owed. He's been quiet for five weeks. He's just going to blow up on us. At the end of the day, when you go back and look at it, we caused three turnovers on defense. We had Josh Allen running for his life with people like Emmanuel Ogba and Melvin Ingram on the field. Eli Apple starting at corner. Jesus Christ. Cater Kohu at the nickel. Jalen Ramsey basically shadowing Stephon Diggs for most of the game. I would say about 90% of the series, he was shadowing Jalen Ramsey. Jason, so my question to you is, was this the most impressive game for this Dolphins defense you've seen so far this season? One of them for sure. I mean, if I have to like put to scale the opponent, I'll give you that. I mean, the, the sure. commander game was probably the oh. most complete oh. game. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots well, you know, sure. But in terms of, yeah, I mean, look, if you look at the raw numbers on a stat sheet, over 300 yard passing, Allen scores yeah. a couple touchdowns, you know, it didn't look great from that. But when you look at the game, right. yeah, the Dolphins handled their the eye test. Yeah. The eye test, right. Especially when, you know, you cause three turnovers, you know, and I don't think the defense did anything to put the Dolphins in position to lose. The defense actually put the position to win if not for a return touchdown on special teams and if not for a two interception that you don't even maybe even need to get to that point if it's not for the return touchdown. But you make, you make right. the point. You know, you had guys who were like Melvin Ingram or Eli Apple, guys who you don't necessarily think at the beginning of the year were going to be your starters in this particular game or your mm-hmm. players. But uh, credit to Christian Wilkins, credit to Zach Sealer, credit to Ingram. I mean, Ingram has five and a half after last night. Now he has five and a half career sacks on Josh Allen. He was signed a couple of weeks ago, re-signed back right. into the Miami fold. So maybe because, you know what, he does have a good history against Josh Allen. He proved that. But this is a game that, unfortunately, like the three or four others that they should have won, they should have won. They definitely should have, Danny. And when you when you look at it, this is what you wanted because you've given this defense a lot of shit saying, well, have they really played balls to the wall? And I said, since that Kansas City game, I think that's where it turned around. That Since that yeah. Kansas City game, this team has been proving – on defense at least, improving week to week to week. And last, listen, 
they made Josh Allen look normal, kind of like how I told you that the Jets put the kryptonite on paper and showed you how to beat Josh Allen. That's basically what you brought into this game. Yes, at the end of the first half, Vic Fangio playing prevent defense. I don't know what he was doing. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for that because they have, they're trying to drive the field with no timeouts. Regardless, Jerome Baker stopped all that nonsense at the one that was yard an line. Awesome stop. I thought that was the game. I mean, I know it's premature at halftime, right? But I thought that's like, those was one of the plays that you pointed. Like, that was one of the game changing plays that won you the game. And that's what I was thinking when that happened. I, I was there with that play and with the Wilkins play, but then right, yes, so Wilkins right. play even more, and we'll get into that later. But yeah, that one for right. sure. So when I look at this, and then we come out of the second half, and we stop them right away. Mm-hmm. This game is in the pocket. I don't want to go to the offense yet, but just from a defensive perspective, what was your point of view watching this game? I, I texted you during the game, and I told you the red zone defense was winning you the game, mm-hmm. but the defense overall. I mean, they were getting down the field at ease. It's just that Josh Allen kept turning the ball over when he got down to his side of the field, inside the 30, inside the 20. But I'm sorry, that defense was getting shredded all the way up the field consistently. And that soft zone that they kept running, where Kincaid and I forget the other tight ends, they would just find the soft zone, catch it, turn around, and pick up some more yards. And I felt like it was consistent. Like, I I don't know what was going on. I I don't even have the stats with me right now, but I felt like the tight ends were just – I texted you this. I texted you this, Look, and I told you. Kincaid, Kincaid, Kincaid was a beast. Seven receptions. He was seven targeted eight, eight times four. for seven catches. I mean, he was unstoppable. And and it was that soft zone. He would just come up, find the soft spot, and just and Josh Allen would just find them. And so yes, I give the, the Dolphins defense a ton of credit for not letting them score, but they were going up the field at will. So like, I don't want to give them an A plus. I don't because no. you can't let them just eat up yards. Josh Allen, how much? How many yards did he have? He threw for almost four hundred yards, three hundred sixty yards, three hundred and fifty-nine. And 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 how many rushing yards yeah. that broke our backs on third down? How many rushing yards did that yards. And six and thirty of those came on two big third down plays, which blew that my mind. Fifteen yard gain. He was breaking tackles along the way. So I do think that the defense deserves a ton of credit because sure. I thought that they did do their job. They didn't allow them to score, but. At the same time, you can't let them continue to get opportunities because it seemed like the Buffalo Bills will eventually cash in. And That's they right. kept getting those opportunities because they kept getting up the field. So I do think that the defense were the MVPs technically because they got those turnovers. And Josh Allen is prone to throw them, and they took advantage. But if the offense plays better, they win the game, though, because of the defense. But the defense, was this by far wasn't their best game of the season. Well, then let's talk about somebody who was prone to turnovers yesterday. Let's go ahead and start talking about this offensive. Jason, I'll come back to you. If if this game was everything you wanted from the defense, it's everything you didn't want from the offense. Because it, it's not just one thing. By the way, our running backs played amazing, as we expected. No Mostert, but our running backs, HN, was looking like a boss out there, Jason. Like a boss, averaging five yards again on the ground. And we dominate on the ground. And, and maybe you can explain this better to me, Jason, because you've been a writer. You study these games, I guess, in a perspective much better than most fans do. So I'll ask this question to you. Any single time he tried to do that toss play to the running backs, you saw it fail, fail miserably. But anytime you tried running it up the gut, it worked very effectively. Having Alec Ingold, having the guards like Robert Hunt pull and block, these guys were just chewing up through the middle. 
we dominated rushing. The, I think it was over 100 yards in the first half. And then when we stopped them right at the beginning of the second half, and we come out and pass the ball three straight times. We ran the ball three times in the second half, Jason. So from somebody who studies this game, explaining to somebody slow like me and tell me, how is that possible that you are winning the game on defense, you're not allowing them to score, you're chewing up the ground, and you keep doing some stupid plays that basically cost you the game? What were your thoughts on this? I, I appreciate the lead in here. I can only explain kind of after the fact, I like to look at the numbers and then I like to look at reasoning on why someone did something or sure. didn't. Yeah. So the reason that I have more detailed the lack of running, you're more detailed than that, than I am. And that's why I want to come to you with that question. The glaring stat is that the dolphins actually finished this season with a ready for this with a 5.06 yards per rush average. That broke the team's franchise record set in 1971. Do you all know what happened wow. in 1971? Wow. They started a run at three straight Super Bowls via the perfect backfield. Three fantastic runners. Mercury Morris, Jim Kick, and the great Larry Zonka. The foundation was set for that this year. And they did it save consistently when they needed to win the ball games. So they deviated from their statistical best aspect, even saying they have Tyreek Hill and Tua, who was your wide receiver leader and your quarterback yard leader. leader. Right. So when you think about this, it's why. From a yardage raw standpoint, when they've made – they're when they've hit, they've hit big, but in yeah. crunch time, they've deviated from what's gotten them there throughout the course of the year. The ground game, when it's made it, it's when it's working, it's unstoppable, and the proof's in the pudding. So, my philosophy I don't care if you have Tyreek Hill there, which by the way, you target him 13 times, you don't target anybody else more than three. There's uh -huh. a problem there. Yep. However, you can mask that problem with 30 rush attempts. Devon A. Chain is averaging more rushing yards than any human I've ever seen with a 100-yard minimum. I'm sorry, a 100-carry minimum. Yeah, Work them. Give him 20 touches. When Raheem is Mostert's out, give him 20 touches. Give Jeff Wilson 10. Those aren't carries. Those are touches. Right. You work in those receptions and those targets, too. And for the life of me, if you have a third running back in a Christopher Brooks, if he's healthy, you got to get him yeah. some burn. And that's that's what I got. I think that the Kansas City game, you live by the run until you have to deviate from it. And it's going to be seven minus seven degrees. So mm -hmm. Jeff Wilson's a guy who I think can run in the cold. Devon HN, I don't, this guy could run in fucking Antarctica. Pardon my French. But yeah. Give this man the ball. So to me, Mike McDaniel has to stop outsmarting and not thinking himself, run the damn ball. I'm glad you brought that up because exactly where I was going to next. Danny, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing him at the post game say, it's on me for stepping away from the run. This isn't the first time you do it. 
So you can't keep saying it's on me. Like, oops, my bad. No, no, no. This is something you consistently have done now where you go away from it. So this feeds into what other people are saying. Maybe he should be on the hot seat, Danny. But before we start talking about how his seat is or anybody else on this team, you as an outsider looking in, any reason in hell that you think in his mind, this is the best route to go to. Let's go away from the run. No, and this is what I've criticized him since last year, and I've given him a ton of credit this year because they're leading the league in rushing, right? A lot of it has to do with those big games where they've had like 200 rushing yards, so I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But I was looking into it a little closer. He had it was three rushes in the second half. So the first possession, they try to get cute, right? They try to pass, try to catch them off guard. Maybe they were expecting the run, three and out. Okay, they only had one, two, three, four. They had five possessions in the second half. And the first two were before that punt return touchdown. So at that point, the Bills go back. They score. The last three possessions, they were trailing. So at that point, I guess they felt like they needed to throw. The couple of times that they did rush, it was those horrible pitches that went for negative yardage. All of a sudden, it's second and 11, second and 12. So they feel like they need to throw. I do think that he got away from the run. I do think he should have ran it on first down a little more. Um but I, I'm not going to kill him as much as I usually do. Even though the first half, they were killing it in the run. But I think that first the first three and out in that second half, and then getting that false start from uh, Toronto Armstead that backed them up, and it was all of a yeah. sudden first and second and 15, and second and 30 after another penalty, and then they ran it for some reason. Right. I, I, I'm, I usually kill Michael no. Daniel all the time. I'm not going to kill him tomorrow. I mean, today, I'm not. Uh, you're, not. No. you're not. You're <laughs> not. Not for getting away from the run. No. Go for it. Go for it, Jason. It's not necessarily getting away from the run. It's getting away from the weapons and how you utilize them. My problem right. was when you don't have Waddle, and we've seen what HN could do as a pass catcher. I'm looking at the last five games going into Buffalo. Nine targets, three targets, three targets, five targets. They had one last night. And it didn't come until the second half. And – I, I just think that as as much as I do like McDaniel, I think in the moment there's a little bit of a yips going on. Out of the comfort zone, when you really need to get your best play or your best player the ball when you really need to, I think that there's the wrong calls in my opinion. And, and well, I think look he at the numbers. I recall all the time, yeah. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you look at a guy like Tariq Hill and you, you want to get him the ball, but without Jalen Waddell, you, you don't have another guy who's uh, – it should have been Eric Azucama. Is it Braxton Berry, Cedric Wilson? Right. You, you did not have a guy that Tua said, you know what, you're now my number two. He just threw to seven other guys twice. You know what I mean? Like, it's not good enough for three fair, times. Fair. Tyreek, 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 Tyreek. And if you're going to make two or three drops on 13 targets, which is a lot, those drops happen to come at huge times and you're the best receiver in the NFL. You're not supposed to make any drops. So I, 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 was, I was about to ask you that, Jason, because that's definitely something that's also glaring. It didn't just happen this game. It happened last week against Baltimore. He had a big drop in the end zone. Chase Claypool had a big drop in the end zone. And granted, it even happened twice against the Eagles and twice against the Chiefs also, all games that were winnable. Correct. So even if we would have had those two touchdowns against the Ravens, we probably still would have lost. But 
In this game, it mattered. In this game, it was there. It needed to be had. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit on here and poo-poo on Tyreek Hill. He's the best damn receiver in the NFL. Shit happens. We've seen really good receivers in the NFL in the past have the ips when it comes to drop balls. It happens. So I'm not going to sit on that. But let's talk about two specific people real quick, Jason. I'm sure you've read through all Twitter that this Tua, Tua and Mike McDaniel show needs to get out of here. Granted. I'm gonna be very blunt when we start talking about this, so I'm gonna I I, I want to go to you first. Let's let's attack one at a time. I'm gonna just bring up these couple of numbers. All right, Pete Carroll in his first year as a head coach, six and ten. Bill Belichick in his first year as a head coach, six and ten. Tony Dungy, six and ten. Jimmy Johnson, one and fifteen. Bill Parcells, three twelve and one. Andy Reid, five and eleven. Now, if you're a Dolphins fan, you obviously know know what Mike McDaniel's record was in his first year. And if you're a Dolphins fan, you obviously know what his record is in his second year. So I go to you, Jason. Are these numbers, and mind you, all those people that I that I read have a Super Bowl victory under their belt. Is, should the conversation even be had, Jason, that Mike McDaniel, regardless of what happens this Saturday against Kansas City, should it even be brought up that he should be on the hot seat? You know, I'm really glad you said regardless of what happens on Saturday because it, it doesn't necessarily change my answer, but you saved me from having to say it, but it's important. At this exact moment, I believe that regardless, he is fine for next year and his future in Miami. The only thing that could deviate from that would be a 42-3 to shellacking where players are visibly quitting, which I don't see happening. I don't see happening because I think that that Mike McDaniel, the way that he's cut, regardless of what he does on the field, player-friendly, player-coach. People will want to play for him. The majority, I feel. I don't think there's a, oh, man, he's too much of a totalitarian figure who's going to do it his way or the highway. No, I think this guy is self-deprecating. He can understand his mistakes. You got to learn from the mistakes and not make the same mistakes four or five weeks, you know, spread out in a month and a half, two months. But I think he's relatively safe. I honestly truly do. However, if it's more than just like a Vic Fangio, I think he needs to surround himself with one or two more very veteran coaches, special teams next year. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. I I think that a couple of years ago, 20 20 or 15 years ago, younger coaches surrounded themselves with veteran assistant coaches. Right. And you look at like how Bill Cowher came up when he was, you know, not not young, but when he was like young enough where he has like 10 years of coaching, he had older coordinators. I want him to do that with a couple of more areas of the defense. Get a couple of more years of experience, especially on special teams. Get Danny Crossman out change it up a little bit because jason we're talking about a guy who's never called plays before who's never been a head coach before and in back-to-back years has your miami dolphins in the playoffs again danny i go to you same exact question is mike mcdaniel not enough to keep around as a head coach or should we even been having this discussion and don't don't pander to the comment section. Don't pander to these Twitter. Give me your honest opinion. Should we uh, even I, be I'll having? Give you my honest opinion. Should we even be having a conversation about him being on the hot seat? I, I'm sorry, but one of these comments was pretty funny, and I and I, I, and it I was. It yeah, was. Right. Shut up. All right. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Um, 
I, I think first two years, 10-plus wins in the playoffs, it's kind of hard to say that. But I, I don't know, man. The way he finished this season is pretty rough. I know it was a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look at uh, Nick Sarnia or whatever like his Nick name Sirianni. is. Don't, yeah, don't, Sirianni. Don't no, 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 no. You have asshole. to. He was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And they were 10 and 1 this year. They ended up with 11 wins. They could beat the Bucks at home. He might yeah. make it to the second round and he still might be in the hot seat because of the way this season ended. Like you got to take that into account. Like you had a good run and all of a sudden things started falling apart. Now that goes into where everybody's kind of speculating where it's like did the Dolphins really win this many games because the soft because of the soft schedule? Because I saw somebody comment here Adam Gates 2.0. I remember I gave you a bunch of crap that first year Adam Gates took over for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You guys made the playoffs that year because that schedule was so soft. Mm-hmm. It was just it, it just it just lined up Is perfectly. It our fault? Is it our and fault? It's not it's not your fault, but that made you keep Adam Gates and think that he was the greatest thing ever. Fair, and that's a fair point. Being. Fair point. So, and look, Mike McDaniel did it last year. I still think he's an offensive genius. I, the, the way he runs Tyreek in motion left and right, I think it's beautiful. But do I think it should be in consideration? Yeah, I think it's fair to be in consideration. No. Should I, yes. I, should I think? Do I think he should lose his job? Probably not. I can't imagine that you're going to guess. Who are you going to? Maybe Bill Belichick. But who else are you going to find that's going to bring you back Thank you. over here? Thank you, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> don't. don't. Sorry. Right. I, 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 I had to put it out there for my boy Mike the Stag Guy. Fuck Mike the yeah. Stag Guy with that, with that horrible name. But, all right. So I was, just, I was just joking about that. But in all reality, I, I think that it's, it's, it's fair to be in consideration. If you guys lose to the Chiefs. <sighs> And you end up losing four out of your last five games this season. When at one point, just a month ago, we were talking about how you could probably get a first round by home field all the way up to the Super Bowl. This was a serious conversation that we were having. And I promise you, I'm looking at you two right now. Sure. I, both of you probably were believing at the time that it was a real possibility. And then to Never. go off and lose, oh, shut up. And then to ah. lose four out, of, four out of the last five. Like that's a huge. That, no, that's no, no. I, I think the better man. stat line, Jason, I think the better stat line, Jason, is. That with five week five weeks left in the season, we were three games ahead of, of everyone Bills. else. Well, everyone else in the division, basically, but obviously the Bills. I think that is a bigger knock than what Danny just pointed out. But go ahead, we're still on Mike McDaniel. Go ahead, Jason. I know. Listen, it's real quick. As excited as I've been at points of this season, at our yeah. peak, I've stated I will look at the Vegas hotel situation if we beat the chiefs in germany yes if we yes. beat baltimore on the road if we win the division so right. i am proud that i haven't put any deposits down correct you see we we are bad I mean, fans and by the way i'm not i'm not that i mean yeah i know on twitter so were you considering you optimistic i was budgeting but I didn't put any <laughs> exactly. I was. Exactly. I didn't. I didn't. That's all I'm saying. Anything. Yeah, that's I mean, all I'm saying. You look. You yeah, don't that. touch. You I touch. Guess. You don't taste. Then that was where I was. You know. You taste. Yeah, by the way, by the way, by the way, great movie, movie, Devil's Advocate. You haven't seen it. Spoiler alert: It's amazing. Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves. By the way, Jason, before we even bring up Tua, because we know that's going to open up a can of worms, we're pushing up against your time. Do you need to run out of here? 
I got five minutes and we got to go. I got to go coach eight-year-olds, including one of my sons in basketball. So uh, no, no, nice. this is- we, can go si- we can go six or seven minutes. We're all right. All right, here we go. <laughs> so now we look at the opposite side spectrum. We'll bring up some more stats. If I told you you had a quarterback, Danny and Jason, that in his first season as a rookie threw for 11 touchdowns and five interceptions. His second year, he went 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. His third season, 25 and eight, then 29 and 14. Now, most of the conversation has been had. Should we even pay this man the bag? Should we pay this man to keep him around? Now, obviously, he's going to be our quarterback next year. We already picked up that fifth-year option. So before I pass it to you, Jason, because obviously you're up against the wall, and and I'll let you have as much time as you need to, to get to this topic, I'll just give you my quick two cents. A quarterback who plays at this caliber, you just can't outright say he's a scrub. We need to get rid of him. Because the eye test, if we're just going off the eye test, you can't say that about Tua Tunga-Vailoa. He is not a scrub. Does he have scrub moments? Yes. But is there a perfect quarterback out there that goes perfect every single game? No. So, yes. Has he had that legendary moment? A minute 49 on the clock yesterday, Jason. Here's his time. Here's his moment to be great. Came up short. Threw into double coverage to Chase Claypool. Regardless of Chase Claypool, because I heard the excuse, Chase, Chase Claypool ran a bad route. Regardless, there was two guys on Chase Claypool. You do not make that pass. So I ask you, Jason, you've always seen improvement from year to year to year to year. You've seen the bravado increase. You've, you've seen his, uh, his intangibles get better and better. There's still things that we got to fix. And, you, and that's crazy. He's going into his fifth year. But would you, as a betting man, as an owner of the Miami Dolphins, as a GM, would you pay him the bag to keep him around? I, at the moment, have the fifth-year option, which we have. He's going to play yep. under the five-year. And he's played one healthy year, and he's done a fine job improving. Wait, by the way, the biggest knock to him is he can't stay healthy. He just gave you 17 games this year, by the way. This ladies is correct. But, but, this is but correct. do you expect it to keep going? Because that, that would be If I'm word. a businessman, if, if the way that you presented the question, I'll put yep. the fake GM hat on, which is my favorite fake hat of any yes. hat to wear. Yes, any slap it on. Hat assortment. If we're in the middle, he's going to be a franchise candidate after the fifth year, unless he balls out to the point where you, you just cannot fathom anybody else touching him. Mm-hmm. You give him another year under an average salary of the top five quarterbacks to see if he could deserve playing under that price point without are you it saying further. Fran- are, you, are you saying you're franchise I'm, I'm tag? A little, Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that no, you don't give him an extension at the exact moment. Sure. Okay. But that does not mean that I don't think that he can – the Dolphins are very good at the business end of, the, of football. Yes, they this are. This is Tua. This is Christian Wilkins, which we're going to see another saga unfold with the two options uh-huh. that they can have for the tag. Right. Or this is going to be a freaking saga, yes. folks. Yes, it is. Tua, yes, is, it this is, is going to be a Netflix show. It's going to be a dragged out show. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they're going to give him his extension unless we're seeing next year through his fifth year. He is playing so lights out that this year was nothing. I think we're going to see maybe a potential franchise situation 
or if we're not seeing Tua as an absolute world beater. And here's my main point. We need to see the fire under two minutes, which I have not seen. He's gotten a couple of game-winning drives, sure. But sure. we're we're used to seeing Dan Marino. And uh-huh. what I've never really seen from Tua, correct me if I'm wrong, I've no, not seen him put not. the fear. I've not seen him put the fear of God in a pass receiver, an, an offensive lineman, a coach. I mean, if you've watched Dan Marino at a two-minute drill, you did. Everybody was shitting you were, their pants. Everybody scared. was, shitting. You were scared Everybody was shitting their pants. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you were scared if you went to the refrigerator. Marino would look through the television and go, "Sit down." Like that's how good of command he had with anybody. Quarterbacks, few and far between, have that these days. Aaron Rodgers has that. Drew Brees had that. Peyton Manning has that. You know, does Tua have that? Does he have that drive to grab somebody by the face mask and say, let's freaking go? I don't give a quarterback who Listen, can't do that the, the bag. security truck in the bag. I, I, I don't. I, 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 but I give him another I, opportunity to prove it. I agree with you, and I agree with that exact sentiment you just said there. Because of that fifth-year option, it gives us – and, Danny, remember at the very, very beginning of the season, I said them picking up that fifth-year option is the best option they could do because you don't tie yourself to a quarterback that you still have question marks. It's about. good business. It's good business. He had a great year. We're not taking I, – I will slap a Dolphins fan in the face saying this man did not just have a great year. He had a great year. But there, there is that but. There is that caveat. That when you need it most, when you need it most for Tua Tungavailoa, there's more examples of him not getting it done than him actually getting it done. So, Danny, same question to you. At the end of the season, regardless of what happens on Saturday, do you keep a player like Tua Tungavailoa around long term? Uh, yes. You know who, who Tua reminds me of? And I, I haven't had a chance to really look at the stats to see how they compare. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, to me, put up the numbers, but just couldn't just get past that threshold. Carson Palmer was always considered one of the best quarterbacks, but he was never put up in that elite category. Everybody knew he was good, but he was always that second tier. And I think that that's where two is going to find himself. And not, no, you know, I I think he could be better, but that's where he is right now. Those big games, he kind of coughs it up at the end. if he stays on the Dolphins long term with Mike McDaniel and Tyreek, can he continue to get you to the uh, to the playoffs? I think so. Will he bow out in the first round? Maybe. Like I, I just I think Carson Palmer, because Carson Palmer used to put up some gaudy numbers. Everybody knew he was good, but nobody put him up with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Nobody put him up in, in that category. But he was that second tier that everybody knew. Like he could put up a big game, and he's going to consistently yeah. give you big numbers. And, and that's how I see him. And I would have taken Carson Palmer on the Jets a million times over. Like, with a good defense, I, I think a quarterback like that could get you to a Super Bowl. Will he win you a Super Bowl? I don't know. But I mean, who are you going to get to replace Tua? Thank you. Thank you. Say, no, no, no. Say that again. Say that again. If it's not Tua, who? And, and you guys have gone through the QB carousel after Marino enough to know that it's hard to find somebody as good as Tua. Tua was the first pro bowler since Marino. You literally haven't had a Pro Bowl quarterback since Marino. So do you think you're just going to be like, all right, two is not working out. Let's get rid of him. Are you going to start this 15-year carousel again? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Thank not you. 15. 25-year carousel again until you find Thank the next you. Pro Bowler. So if you got something that's good, I, I would stick with it. First of all, first of all, hold on. Where is it? I just saw it. 
No one is saying Justin Fields besides you. No one. No one is saying. Listen, your your admiration for Justin Fields. Jesus Christ, that guy's garbage. Somebody else. Somebody else brought in. Let's bring in Russell Wilson here as a Jason. backup. I, I think I think I would take Russell Wilson as a backup. He is not coming to Miami to play backup. He he's going somewhere to play backup. Nobody's going to give him a starting job. After well, well, there's plenty of teams that need a quarterback that they don't currently have one, and they will bring him in to be a bridge quarterback, sir. Sorry to break it to you. He's not coming so. to Miami to play backup. But I'm not even going to spend any time on that. I'm not going to spend any time on that. And look who he referenced. I'm not even going to show your comment. I'm not even going to show your comment. I'm not going to reference that. So. Jason, before I get you out of here, that goes that goes back to the great the, – It's that's my mindset. If not Tua, who? I don't want to start over again. Keeping the teams that are the best in the league have this certain thing of keeping their GM, coach, and quarterback around. You need to build that relationship. You need to have it for more than just two years. Dolphin fans, if two playoff berths bother you that much – Starting over, and then you're six and ten next year. You're going to be bitching even more. Right now, the best thing is to stay the course and keep both Mike McDaniel and Tua Tagovailoa as your quarterback and head coach combo. Any final thoughts on that, Jason? I mean, look, yes, I, I think if you're looking at a short after this year, if I'm looking at the two-year out plan, because let's say it's this core of of every single body that we love, it ain't going beyond two years with everybody. Because Tyreek's got two years max. Tyron uh, Armstead's got two years max. Uh, Xavier Howard, you said I'm a betting man. I think he's played his last game as a Dolphin. I'll, put that, chip on, I'll put that chip on the table right now. If I'm you want to do a parlay with that, I think he's yep. going to be a Texan. But that's neither here nor there. Um, fact is, they have two years in my financial fiscal calendar. Three. They have next year on the five-year Tua, which is already – contractually taken care of that's on the mm -hmm. books we're good with that and then they have either he's god will extend him which helps in 2006 7 8 financially right. with the salary cap increasing and the quarterback just giving money and freeing up so that's your best case scenario your your mid case scenario is that you franchise him in 2026 which buys you yet another year but then a lot more money frees up where if god forbid in 2007, it doesn't work out, 2006, then you can make another move with, with the money that you need for a quarterback. So I think that the Dolphins are not going to fiscally irresponsibly give to a bag just yet. Let but me there, but that doesn't question. mean we don't have two years left. We have two years at least, bare minimum. I know you got two minutes, so I'm going to ask you one final question. You don't have to spend too much time on it. At the end of this year, do you invest a draft pick? You can pick any round. Do you invest a draft pick in a rookie quarterback next year, or do you spend it on something else that will help the team out? Just a quick question to you. What would you do in that scenario? Because you, because obviously you're still wearing your GM hat. I want to ask you one more GM question before you get out of here. First two rounds are absolute massive immediate producers, offensive lineman, middle linebacker, that type of player. I double up and go. I double up and go purebred center. Best lineman mm -hmm. available, interior guard, outside tackle, either either side. I would literally double up and go trench, trench, trench offensively. Uh, if I'm you want to trade back, trade up and get a sixth round, seventh round flyer quarterback, sure, but no. A.K.A. Skyler Thompson? No, right. no, no. But my point is immediate help, immediate help. Immediate I agree. Help. 
I agree. I when just wanted now? to get your two cents ahead because you had the GM hat on. But thank you so much, sir. I know you got to fly. Good luck to your son today. Good luck to the kids. Listen, that's awesome that what you're doing, man. If you guys aren't following Jason Sarney, make sure you go follow Jason Sarney, dolphinstock.com. Follow Jason Sarney on Twitter at Jason Sarney. The man brings the heat. The man brings the stats. You like what he did there, Mike, the stat guy? And always gives you the great perspective <laughs> for your Miami Dolphins. Jason, thank you so much again for being here. Listen, yeah, no, we, we, have, we, we, have, we have more to look forward to, obviously, next year, get, you know, doing the powers that be. But, Danny, let's move on to something else. We, we, already, we already touched the hot seat enough. I don't think there's any point in, um, in discussing that anymore. But a lot of Dolphin fans, and even yesterday at the game, by the way, mm-hmm. you could probably blame the Bearded Fanatic for the Dolphins losing yesterday. Because I went up to Biggie, shout out to Biggie, and I told Biggie, I said, you know what? As much as I would like a home playoff game, I could see us potentially losing this game and going to Kansas City, and I feel very comfortable with that. I said it. Okay. I felt very comfortable going to Kansas City and playing Kansas City because one of the things that you and I mentioned even before after the after the game finishes, Kansas City hasn't been playing its greatest ball this year. They haven't. Nope. It's, it's a, it, that's, not a, that's not us talking shit. That's just stating mm-hmm. what this Kansas City Chiefs team is not playing the same type of level that they're used to from previous years. Now, mind you, let's just base this topic off what it is. Would I have preferred to stay home or go to Kansas City? I think I think it's a fair question. But for me, I would have preferred to stay home. Why? Because then you get the same exact team back in your house. Whatever adjustments weren't working, you can make adjustments to play the same exact opponent and potentially beat them again and move on to have another home playoff game against I don't want to call them inferior opponents because by the time you're in the you're in that next round, nobody's really that inferior. You may sneak a Texans, you may sneak a Steelers. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, but I would have preferred to play Buffalo for the simple reason that even if the game was close, you go right back, you watch the film, you make the adjustments needed. Obviously, they're going to make theirs too, but I think you put you put yourself in a scenario where you're like, okay, we can beat them up again because we know what they like to do, we know what Josh Allen doesn't like. I think the potential of playing Buffalo right back at home would have been the better scenario. What about you? Uh, I'm with you. I Even though I think – I mean, look, it's hard to sweep a team in the NFL. Beating them Fact. three times, it's it's almost – like I don't know if it's ever happened. So I, I, I'm with you. I think that it would have been better. But then again, I think about the fact that Josh Allen just – he's just a dolphin killer. Mm-hmm. And, and having to play him again in the, in the playoffs would have sucked. But our, I, I would have felt more comfortable right with he's your daddy. Right. I would have felt more, more comfortable with Kansas City game if it wasn't so cold. I think the cold is really gonna change things. Uh even though the Dolphins have I think it was like the fifth or sixth best rushing, uh the fifth or sixth best rushing team in the league. Mm-hmm. And in a game in that in those conditions, usually you lean on the run. Uh, let me let me stop you right there because one of the things you've always mentioned, what what transfers and what wins on the road? Good defense. Running the rock. Yep. The Dolphins do both of those very well. So based off the view that viewpoint that you said, what gets you victories? And the, the Dolphins have that, Danny. So why can't you, you as an outsider, Dolphin fans, we have a good running game. As he said, fifth or sixth best in the NFL. And then our defense. Sixth. 
Six. Our defense has been playing lights. I don't say lights out, but close enough to lights out since we gave when we played Kansas City in Germany. Danny, outside of that punt return, we only gave up 14 points to the Buffalo Bills and Josh. And one Allen. of them was a, a, a miracle bounce off the helmet, catching it on the way. Seven out. points. Seven <laughs> points, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. And, and mind you, Eli Apple. Once the ball is tipped, I know, buddy, you've been in the league for 10, 11 seasons. I don't know how. Sir, you could tackle the guy. You could kick him in the nuts. At that point, the boss, you could get him. Yep. Push him. Do something. <laughs> this is him. Come on, man. You're gonna tell me Cam Smith can't do that? Danny, you're gonna sit there and tell me Cam. All right, this I'm not gonna I'm Look, not gonna jump. I wanted Cam Smith to play. I'm not gonna jump on any lab, but Danny. You already did. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and talk about this Kansas City. Kansas City well, team. Let's talk about it. I said one the best things that travel are running game and defense. I've said that right. all year long. And but the issue here is that Kansas City has the second best defense in the league behind the Browns. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> so Yes, although the Dolphins' defense is good, the Chiefs is better, apparently, if you talk statistically. Because where, Mahomes, where does that offense rank? What is that offense rank? Well, I'll check for you right now. But uh, surprisingly, they haven't been leaning on the offense this year. No. Patrick Mahomes, believe me, I know. I drafted him in my fantasy team. He hasn't had his usual Patrick Mahomes-type season. Uh, offensively, they rank three, four, five, six. They rank ninth, so they're doing pretty good offensively too. They're doing pretty good offensively, but um, but not as good as they usually do. You would figure that a team with this much postseason pedigree, though, is going to be ready to go next week at home in those conditions. So, um, top defense, Patrick Mahomes, which to me is still the even statistically, if he's not to me, he's still the best quarterback in the league. You wouldn't, you would not get an argument from me there. Right is right. Travis Kelsey, maybe not the top anymore, but still top three. Best tight ends in the league. You know, you remember how we used to look at Jason Witten? Like, how is this old, slow white man getting not, so he's open? Not, he's not that slow or old yet, but he'll no, get there. But yeah. what I'm saying is, even now, he is not the fastest person on the field. And he gets uh -huh. open. And he gets a yak, Danny. He gets open and he gets down the field on you. Listen, but can the Taylor Swift curse potentially help us, Danny? Can the fact, can the fact that Taylor Swift has a losing record while she is at Arrowhead, potentially help us this Saturday on Peacock. My, my thing is, I, I don't know who they throw to. The, the number one receiver is obviously Travis Kelsey. And, Sky, and Moore, Mike, Sky, Sky Moore is also another guy that gets the ball out there. Well, he, he got only 21 receptions this year. Uh, Rasheed Rice is their yes. leading receiver. Yes. 79 receptions, 100, uh, and the nine, knock, 938 yards. The knock on Rashid Rice is that he also drops a lot of important balls when needed. Um, he's the one that had the offsides, if you remember, that basically got called back when they when Kent City was lost to Buffalo. If you remember that, mm -hmm. that was him. That was him. Um, but he, I th if I'm not mistaken, Danny, he's in his first year. He's a rookie as well. Isaiah Pacheco running the ball. He's averaging almost five oh, yards a carry. He's a also, stud. he's a stud. He's yeah. a stud. But when we look at it from the from just an overall yes, he is, standpoint. Yes, he is a rookie. You're right. Huh? When we look at it from an overall standpoint, and we're, and we're looking at this game, Dolphin fans, it's not a bad matchup for your Miami Dolphins. Now, granted, let's talk about let's talk about a quick negative, Danny. Andrew Van Ginkle has already been ruled out for this Saturday at the playoffs. He will Chub not. Out. Phillips out. Chub out. Phillips out. We're going to get another healthy, healthy dose of Emmanuel Ogba and Melvin Ingram. Even more so, Jerome Baker, Baker will out. not be playing. He had wrist surgery today. 
Mike McDaniel at his pref- press conference today said there will likely be somebody starting and playing this week on Saturday that has not been on the roster all year. All now, year? That, all year. I, I thought I heard him say Sunday. All year. Okay. All year. Yeah. He said there will potentially be somebody that plays in this game that has not been on our roster this year. When you look at it like that, you're like, yeah, man, it was great meeting you too, brother. I appreciate this man. Danny, this man stopped me. This man stopped me. He's like, I enjoyed y'all's podcast, man. I enjoy y'all's podcast. We try to make it do what it do out here, baby. We try to make it do what it do. But let me tell you something. When you look at it from that perspective, who cares, right? Next man up, Danny. Next man up. Vic Vangio has point, to have... At some point, it matters, man. You know? Next man <laughs> up, guys. It matters. What my yeah. point is, Vic Fangio has the ability, when he doesn't play like a 98-year-old man and starts playing it safe, when he plays like the Vic Fangio of old, Danny, he has the potential of shutting down an opponent's offense. The fact that you said that Travis Kelsey's getting up there in A's, Rashid Rice is a rookie, these are things you could take advantage of. Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, regardless of what you say about the outside linebackers, they're still playing Pro Bowl football. By the way, shout out to Zach Sealer. Ten sacks this season. First defensive tackle to do it, I believe, in the career of the Miami Dolphins. So that's really huge to him. And by the way, Christian Wilkins is one sack behind him at nine. Those guys have been playing salt and pepper, Oreo, whatever you want to call them. They've been playing awesome football this season. But from a defense perspective, Danny, it's kind of like playing Josh Allen again, isn't it? Because Patrick Mahomes, if you get him outside the pocket, he can start doing some crazy things. He can start throwing off his back. So he, he can start doing some no-look passes. Yep. There, is a, there is a potential that we could be facing the same thing again. And we saw him earlier this season. So Dolphins know what they're about to be in for. But again, I said what I said to Big E at the beginning of the game because I honestly do feel that way. I honestly feel like we're in a position where it's not dire. I think we can go into Kansas City and beat this Kansas City Chiefs team. What about you? Um, I think they can. I don't think anybody should rule them out just because the running game is strong and those in those conditions, a running game can win you a game and a good defense can win you a game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes hasn't looked as good as he always has and the Dolphins played him close in Germany, right? Neutral field. But I wouldn't put money on the Dolphins. I don't feel confident in the, on the Dolphins. If you put a head to my uh, gun to my head and tell me to choose who's going to win, the Chiefs, obviously. But so. I think that I think even if we would have won, Danny, if we would have beat the Bills, and we, let's say it was Kansas City that we were playing and there were the seven seeds, I think that you would still say that. I think you would if, still say is that it at home though. If, if if look, if the Dolphins were playing the Chiefs at home next week, I would pick the Dolphins. Yeah. If they beat the Bills, if they beat the Bills, I'm like, oh, they could. They beat the Bills. They beat the Cowboys. They could obviously beat these good teams at home. Because that's been the issue. We're like, oh, they can't beat anybody on the road. They can beat teams at home. And if they would have beat the Bills, that would have held true. See, Cliff, here's my thing. Here's my thing with that comment. And shout out to you for being here. Shout out for for supporting. And by the way, if you're here and you're enjoying the content, hit that like button. It's free. I promise. Nobody's going to come knock at your door and ask you about your car extended warranty. Hit that like button. Subscribe if you like it. Even better. But, Danny, what I... my gripe with that comment is, how could you say it's a failed rebuild with back-to-back playoff bursts? What counts I, as a, I, what counts as a, uh, as as a successful season? Look, there's 32 teams in the making NFL. the playoffs is what counts as successful right. because a lot of other teams aren't also, making the playoffs. The only time that somebody is unsuccessful making the playoffs is when they've made the playoffs 
three, four, five years in a row, and they haven't been able to go further in the playoffs. They right. like uh, this guy from the Bengals, Marvin Marvin Lewis. Yeah, he made it to the playoffs. Was it like eight over, or nine years in a row and, over, and never and won over. a playoff game? At that point, I would have probably fired him after the fourth or fifth try. Like, all right, guy, we need a new <laughs> voice in here because obviously our roster is good, but you just can't get us over the hump. But if your first two seasons. You make the playoffs. If but we're you, back, you, my boy. We're back right now. We might get one on Saturday. Right. You, you, yes, zero playoff wins. That's true. Yes. But so far, Mike McDaniel and this rebuild that you're talking about only has one right. playoff loss. Appearance. Correct. He's 0-1. One one. Right. So we get it. And I think you're going to lose on Saturday also. But <laughs> I, I would still give him a third try. Now, if, if, you, if you go 0-3, then you know what? Then it was failed. And we got we to gotta retool. Listen, we almost beat Buffalo in Buffalo with Skylar Thompson at quarterback last year, Danny. This year, he doesn't have that excuse. Did he's, he's you gonna... have a healthy Danny Phillips for that game? Yes. Did you have a healthy Bradley Chubb for that game? Yes. Was Van Ginkle healthy? Yes. Was Jerome Baker healthy? Yes. Was Xavier Howard healthy? Yes. You see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like the, the deck has been stacked so highly against the Dolphins. And I get it. Everybody's injured. I get it. But Jesus Christ, at some point, it, it matters. And it I don't does. see that guy. Injuries, oh, no excuse. But, man, at some point, it... it, it hey, 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 hey. I haven't, I, I haven't used any of those excuses, sir. I haven't but used I, any of those excuses. But at what some I'm, point, it happens. It matters. But what I'm saying is it also matters that if you're going to use those points, you use the opposite side of that coin as well, sir. When you have a seventh-round quarterback with no experience in a game, or he did have some experience because he played your Jets, in a game thrusted into a wildcard weekend against the Buffalo Bills, it matters because we were once we were one series away if it was failed clock management where we could have won that game. So what I'm saying is, Dolphin fans, do not be outside of the wind. And I know I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to fill your cup full of hope. I'm not. What I'm saying is just take off your fanboy glasses for a second and just look at it from, from the perspective that the Chiefs aren't playing great ball. We have a really good defense. This year, Mike McDaniel does have Tua as a starting quarterback for the first round of the playoffs. There are more positives going into the playoffs this year than there was last year, is my point. So let's go ahead and pick this game, Danny. The Miami Dolphins play at 8 o'clock in warm, sunny Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Where it'll be a brisk, where it'll be a brisk eighty degrees, eight, <laughs> eighty degrees, and mm-hmm. um, again, we're gonna be relying on good defense, running the rock, and Tua just not throwing the game away. And I, I get it; that's easier said than done. Tua, don't throw the game away. You have had games this year where you don't turn the ball over. Guess what happens when you don't turn the ball over? We win. So. But Danny? to be fair, he hasn't th- turned the ball over against bad teams, but against good teams, he has. And by the way, we are taking that monkey into the playoffs that we're one in five against winning teams. I get it. I get it. I get it. So back to Cliff's point. Is it a failed rebuild? Maybe. But we're in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not. Hey, Next hey, week, you listen, got three years. Listen, don't blame him for all 22 years. At one point, he was under. Uh, Oh my God, Jeff Ireland! Another year he was under your boy Mike, Mike Tannenbaum. Look, come on, hating on Mike Tannenbaum, man. I come like on, Mike, Mike Tannenbaum, the worst GM of all time. I get it. Like he was Mike in the Tannenbaum. room. He was in the room. 
But come on, Chris Greer is no Joe Douglas now. You know, we're actually in the playoffs out here. But let's go ahead and talk about this game on Saturday on Peacock at 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah, let's Bridget. talk about that. How crap is that? Like, I saw somebody tweeted. I forgot who it was. They're like, oh, people complain about uh, not being able to choose individual uh, games on their NFL Sunday ticket, but they're complaining about paying six bucks to see the playoff game. Playoffs are free in every sport across the world. I can't think of anybody that charges you for a playoff game. Regular season, yes. Playoff, they're usually free. So traditionally, yeah. we're used to getting it free. So of course, people yeah. are going to be upset that you're charging us six bucks, even if it's three dollars. It's BS. It's BS, is what it is. Listen, if you have if you have Xfinity, you free. If you have Xfinity, you're getting it for free. And by the way, isn't it still going to be played locally for us local fans? I don't know. It is. It's going to be on CBS as well. So it's like, boohoo. Oh, so lo locals still get it free? Yeah. Yeah, of okay. course. I mean, I have Peacock, so I don't care, but. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, the stat guy, Dofu Sports app, baby. <laughs> we, don't, we don't promote illegal websites here. But, Danny, let's go ahead and talk about this game. I'll go ahead and pick first because obviously I already know where you're headed. Yes, you do. This game lines up good for us, and I get it. A lot of people won't agree with that, but for me, it does. Okay. I think I think that we can bother Patrick Mahomes. I feel like if you remember what we did in Germany to Travis Kelsey, where we only held him to three catches, we could do that again. Can we slow down Pacheco? I think Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealers can. If he hits that outside edge against Emmanuel Ogba, maybe not. Maybe not. Can Kader Kohu have a better game than what he just did this past week getting burned by switzer well he got picked by his own guy but yeah yeah he did he did but I, he 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 hasn't played up to par to his own and to his year. own to his own standards let's say that because nobody expected shit out of him he came out and balled so he hasn't been playing up to his own standards but when i look at this game i think there's more positives going our way than there is and i honestly mean that i'm not trying to bullshit you danny knows that i don't do homer picks except for that ravens game because i picked up my heart I'm picking literally with my head here, guys. When I look at this, if Mike McDaniel, and I know it's a big if, if Mike McDaniel sticks to the run game and works Raheem, Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan the way that Dave Wanstead used to run Ricky Williams into the ground, I feel very comfortable about us going into Kansas City and winning this game. Do you remember so, that Bills game last year where it was supposed to snow like crazy? Yeah. And they came out run that's like the only game that they ran like crazy in the first half. Yeah. Well, Raheem Mostert was just balling. Yeah. And then Mike McDaniel's like halftime. He's like, Oh, it's not snowing. And then he stopped running it, even I though remember. it was working in the first half. I think that he'll come out with that same game plan this week, but he won't get away from it. Go ahead. Sorry I to agree. cut you off. I just wanted to no, say no, I, I don't know. I agree. So my stat line for this game is Tua will not turn the ball over. Watch this, man. First series. Boom. Pick. Um, but the <laughs> two will not turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. We will stick to the ground and pound with our running backs of Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert. Jalen Waddle will be back. So those quick passes to uh, Durham Smythe, those quick passes to Tyreek Hill, those quick passes to Jalen Waddle, they will be effective against this Kansas City Chiefs defense. And I think that Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to, um, I don't want to say shadow Travis Kelsey, but there will be moments where they're probably lined up against one another. I feel very comfortable saying, and I feel very confident saying, that I think that we can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs to move on to the next round. Danny, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 23-20 Miami Dolphins win on Saturday at 8 o'clock in Kansas City. 
and beat the Kansas City Chiefs the way we should have in Germany. What say you, sir? Uh, I'll try to give you as many reasons to be positive as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs have eight interceptions all year. So although they have the second-best defense yardage-wise, they don't force many turnovers. They don't turn the ball over a lot, but they don't force many turnovers. So maybe Tua won't throw any picks, like you mm-hmm. said. I think that the Dolphins will run the ball effectively. The Chiefs, although they have the second-best defense, it's all through the air. Uh, against the run, they're middle of the pack. So you can run the ball against them. The question is, will Mike McDaniel stick to the run? Right. And that's the big if. I think he will. But I think he will. Like, we, like I prefaced uh, when you started talking about this, uh, this game. Last year, we had this scenario with the bad weather, probably going to have to run the ball. They came in with the game plan, and then they switched it up second half. I think if it's working this time, because he's learned from that game and from last week and just, just recently, I think that he will stick to the run. I think that they have a chance to win. I think that no Dolphin fan should go into this game expecting a loss. I don't think you should expect the win either. But I wouldn't go into the game with my head down being like, ah, this game's right. over. Right, right. It's so, like if you're playing the biggest powerhouse right now. You're playing a team that's beatable is what Danny's basically trying to say. Right. So I, I wouldn't put money on the Dolphins. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk cocky like I was doing against the Bills last week. Because I was, because I really, I, and up until that punt return, I was convinced that I was going to be right. I thought that the Dolphins wouldn't by 10 points. And mm-hmm. until that punt return, I was convinced that I was going to get that right. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't put money on them. They say any given Sunday, but unfortunately this game's on a Saturday. So I'm going to give this to the Chiefs. And I'm going to say, uh, let's say 24-14. Okay. 24-14 is what I, right. I think. But like you said, at the end of the day, you wouldn't be shocked. No. If the Dolphins leave Kansas City with a dub, man, no. you know, I'll take that. I'll take that as a, as an outsider's perspective. I'll take that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the end of the NFL regular season. Damn, Danny, so fast. Danny, my depression will be kicking in soon as I will be living another eight months with no NFL football. No sports. Um, no sports at all whatsoever. <laughs> but – it, it's been a great year, man. It's been a great year. We, I think we've dropped some amazing content. We've gotten a whole lot of followers along the way. We got a lot, a whole lot yeah. of support along the way. And mm-hmm. uh, I look forward to uh, doing the shebang again. Hopefully, we have another couple of episodes in us still talking okay. about the season. And um, like you said, like Mike the Stat Guy said, man, listen, this is a Jets fan in here supporting the brand. So if you're in here and you like the content, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, turn that notification bell on, you know, in case you want to know when we drop an episode. Because today we usually don't drop episodes Monday, no. but I specifically told Danny I stayed off of Twitter. I stayed off of texting because he texted me. How did I feel? They were texting me last night. Like, Brother, you all right? I wasn't responding because <laughs> I, want, I wanted to wait till today to let my feelings out. And um, you know what? I'm going to send you guys something. Mike, the stat guy, Danny, I'm going to send you guys something in the DM. This is why I can't take this guy seriously. This is why I will not put his name up on the chat either. But Danny, like I said, I enjoyed all the episodes we've done this season. Hopefully it's not the last one that we have to talk about us still being in the game. Um, but uh, my brother, any final words from you about this episode? Uh, no, like another fun year as always. And uh, I do want to say one thing. I tweeted out yesterday. If you're a diehard Dolphin fans, and you want to stay away from the negativity, stay away from Twitter. But people seem to have taken it as uh, you, you're, you're being too positive. You don't want to face the truth. That's not what it was. That was It was literally what I meant. If yeah. you just want to stay away from the negativity because you're feeling like crap already, just stay off the app. That's all. So wait, 
real quick before we get out of here, Gloria brought up a very, very good point. No more seeing our Finn laws at the Rock. I'm already sad. As am I. And you want to know who I put this loss on? Majority, Gloria, Danny, any other season ticket holders that are listening, watching. You know who I put this loss on? The people selling the tickets? The people? No. The Miami oh. Dolphins sales agent. That's who I put it on. Because five weeks ago, they sent us that email. Go ahead and book your home playoff tickets. Oh. And jinxed us. And no, no, that was no, that was don't put it on the salespeople. I told you, and I think I told you during our Jets episode because we do a Jets show also, battered Jets fans. And I told you, you're about to witness the curse of the hard knocks. And you're like, we got a six game lead or whatever the hell you had. And I'm telling you, there's a curse. Do not let say no to hard knocks. As soon as you do hard knocks, I'm telling you, things go downhill because HBO likes the drama, so they will make drama. And they will make your team suck. Listen, I blame it on the sales agents. They no. prematurely sent that message. They were already sending orange parking passes, Danny. <laughs> we wouldn't even catch anything yet. All right. All right. Danny, let them know where you're getting some merch at, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. If you want to get some Dolphins, Heat, Inter Miami. Oh, man. I don't have the graphic up on the, the Battle Fin show. Uh, my fault. But you go ahead and visit thebatteredfans.com. Uh, we got a little bit of Miami's flavor for all sports teams, battered fans. If you like teams from other cities, we got to – I mean, as of right now, we just got New York and Miami. But we, we'll, we'll get there. All right, so, yeah, go ahead and visit batterfans.com. And uh, is you done with your final words, Manny? I am done with the final words. There's nothing to say. Right. I, I think we got this in the back. Go ahead and lead us out, man. All right. If you are listening on audio, we appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Please leave five-star review, comment, like, all that other good stuff. And if you are watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share, all that. And if you joined us on the chat, we appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. As always, you guys are the best part of the show. And until the next one, have a good one. Peace. Fans up.